Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living. We hope you enjoy this podcast, and for further information, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. The topic today is creativity is always an option. Creativity is always an option. And creativity gets a bad rap sometimes because it's taken as arts and, arts and crafts and, and um, the creative arts. Uh, it, it, but that's not, that's not the whole of, of creativity. That's not the whole meaning of creativity. Creativity means to be able to also experience, create your experience. So I was really amused, sort of, kind of, when I heard a joke. I guess it was a joke. But it was on Facebook, and it said... People are rushing into Christmas. And have you noticed that they're rushing into Christmas? Have you noticed that how many people are putting up lights and everything already? Like weeks ago. Lights and decorations. And it's like, whoa, hold on. My tradition says not until the day after Thanksgiving. But anyway, people are into it. And I said, people are rushing into Christmas so that the year 2020 will be over sooner. (laughs) I was like, well... Oh, I wish that was a joke, but I don't think it is because, frankly, I'd love to have it be over. And what I find is that I got through the summer. I could go outside. I could do things. But now I'm spending more time inside, and it's the holidays and holiday activities. And uh, these can be very tricky for many of us. They can be. I want to just give you my tradition Thanksgiving for me, for as long as I can remember, was always about communal eating. It was just communal eating. As someone with Cherokee and Choctaw ancestry, um, I was never too impressed with the white man grab, uh, land grabbing, so uh, it was never too much about the celebration of us taking over this country. That was never on my mind. And stories about cowboys and Indians always made me cry, having been knowing too much of what we did to our Native American friends. However, Thanksgiving did allow the family to get together and create feasts. Feasts. Co-create feasts. Everyone bringing their best stuff and loading tables with more food than I can even imagine. And coming from a fairly poor background, that was unusual. And it was fun. And I miss that. I miss seeing family members change from year to year and doing a a check-in like, you know, remember when, oh, that's over. And it's just, you know, I do not miss the five-hour drive to the Eugene, usually waking up on Thanksgiving morning and getting in the car and driving. It always seemed to rain hardest on Thanksgiving. I don't miss that. And when I quit driving to, um, to Eugene, Tim and I would invite people over to our house, usually people who didn't have family in the area, so that we could create the same sort of atmosphere of communal leading. And I love that. Now this, so if you can't do it in Eugene, then I started to create it here, and now this year Tim and I will do something else all by ourselves, which, I, you, know, it's, you know, we're going to stay home alone. And it's going to be up to me to create that feeling that I had when I didn't have, when I don't have the props, the coming over, the 
What did you bring? Wasn't that wonderful? Can we have more pie? Um, see, this is where the... Sort of like, this is, it reminds me of, um, oh, what was his name? The guy about the, the, the diverging road in the woods. Thoreau. Thoreau. Was it Thoreau? No. Really? No. Really? Thoreau? No. Well, maybe. I let, we have diverging opinions about that diverging road poem. <laughs> but it was like diverging thoughts. I can either go down, it won't be like it used to be, and oh, woe is me, or I can go into, wow, blank canvas. What can Tim and I do that will be as rewarding as what we used to do? When I put something on Facebook asking people what they were doing for Thanksgiving, many of them said that they're staying home with either their significant other or alone, or the family that they live with will be in the same house. Um, it sounds to me like a lot of people are making lemonade out of a very sour situation. And it's, that's great, and I'm grateful. <sighs> See, I believe that the people that responded are living creatively. And at any given moment, we have a chance to live creatively or reactively, to live creatively or passively, to live creatively or victimly. I made that word up because it rhymes. <laughs> See, we are creative, but we need to um, activate that creation that creative ability. We're creative because we are made in the image and likeness of God, and God is creative. It is the creative agency in the universe, and it's always creating. And when we move into our spiritual nature, because this is the center for spiritual living, then we aren't as reactive, passive, and victim-y as we would be if we weren't allowing ourselves to be creative. We get to create the experience that we want. Um, now how? See, a lot, many of you are doing this, but I think it can always be uh, reiterated. Because it's not just about the holidays is how are we going to continue to find a sense of peace and purpose? Peace and purpose. When this has been the most disorienting year many of us have ever lived. Now I'm sure that there have been other years like this. There have been plagues before. There has been war. There has been the Great Depression. But for me, and maybe for you, this is a very disorienting year in so many ways. Just about the time I start to pick myself up and get oriented again, something else happens. And so I can be the victim of what pushed me down, or I can be the creator of the experience that I need to create for myself so that I can still be grateful and still say life is good. And not do it as a platitude and an affirmation, but do it as a statement of fact. Because within me, 
I am blessed and I am grateful and life is good. So I want to share with you some ideas that I have so that we can all do this. And also it might be good conversation around the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> stay away from politics. That's what I was always told. At, at gatherings, stay away from politics. I didn't, I didn't really talk politics with my family. And I didn't talk religion with my family because I never wanted to hear about it. But I remember when I was dating and I would be at other people's homes, they you know, finally invite me to their parents' house or their sister's house or something. I realized right away that politics probably wasn't going to work and religion wasn't going to work. But you could talk just point of view. So here's some point of views to, to think about and perhaps share. Number one, we do not have to succumb to victimhood. Yes, bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. You heard it here. We are not an airy-fairy religion that avoids the unavoidable. We don't close our eyes and squint and say everything's beautiful when it's not. But here's the deal. A victim gets back up. They don't fall to a circumstance or a condition or a person's opinion of them and then stay there. A creative person gets back up and says, now what shall I do? So we don't succumb to victimhood. Now, for those of you that are talking to your family around Thanksgiving, well, they'd say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll, there's some, most, so here's some, here's some talking points. Nelson Mandela. In a prison for years and years and years and years and comes out so loving that he changes the vibration of his country. He wasn't victimized by that 12 by 12 room that he stayed in most of his jail time, allowed out into a, a, an exercise area one hour a day. There was a man that, um, and I, I couldn't find it, I'm glad I didn't because I wouldn't have any makeup on because I always cry when I watch this. There was a man on Americans Got, America's Got Talent who was falsely accused of a murder and... Uh, released after DNA evidence showed that he couldn't have possibly committed that murder, released after 20 years. And, and he was singing, and they asked him, how did you get through this? And he said, oh, well, they could imprison my body, but they couldn't imprison my soul. <laughs> Another thing that he did was, he started singing in a choir in the, in the prison, and uh, he, they would also watch America's Got Talent. And he said, you know what? I would imagine myself on that stage. He shared that while he was standing on that stage. We can be knocked down, but we are only a victim if we don't get back up, at least in our mind. Victor Frankl says... The mind is our final freedom. How we think is our final freedom. No one can take us that from us. And then I want to share this last one. This is from Jewel. Jewel's one of my favorite singers. Do you like Jewel? Does you like Jewel? Anybody else like Jewel besides me? She wrote the song Life Uncommon. 
She did not have an easy upbringing. Her mother, her mother and father had a homestead in Alaska. That would be hard enough. Her mother left when she was eight. And the father, who had been in Vietnam, started having PTS, uh, PTSD, thank you, episodes and got very violent. So she ran away from home and was homeless. When I was homeless, I shoplifted to get by. One day I was shoving this dress down my baggy uh, 11501 jeans and thought, I'm either going to end up in jail or dead. Then I remembered this quote by the Buddha. Happiness does not depend on what you have or who you are. It solely relies on what you think. And I thought, maybe I could turn my life around one thought at a time. I started meditating and inventing mindfulness practices that help me rewire my habits. I now use that toolkit that I built for myself to help other at-risk children or, or youth. I didn't have access to therapy. I didn't even have a family, really. I wanted something that would work for anyone, no matter what their resources were. So she created her own self-help program. She was down, but she didn't stay down. She wasn't a victim. So we don't have to let the politics of this time, the pandemic, or our cultural issues keep us down. We don't have to let those ideas or those things going on suck the living joy out of our life. See, I'm saying this because I'm responding to people who definitely feel so bad. And and I'm not saying conditions are good. But what I am saying is there is access to good. And it comes from within. Two, that was the first point. You do not succumb to victimhood. Two, chaos precedes creation. <laughs> chaos precedes creation. I shared on Facebook this statement. Strive for the greatness of spirit that measures life not by disappointments, but by possibilities. In Genesis, the first chapter of Genesis, it's all about possibility. There wasn't anything. There was nothing. It was all void. And God said, hmm, let there be, and hmm, let there be, and hmm, let there be. You know, when things are, <laughs> when, we are when we're given lemons, how do we make the lemonade? It may take some creativity, but I bet we can do it. We just have to let ourselves be still and say, what can I do with this? 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 In chaos theory, and there is a chaos theory, by the way, in chaos theory, order always emerges from chaos. And so if this is chaotic time, what new order wants to emerge? What, are, what is humanity being birthed into? How do we want to come out of this? How do you want to come out of this? Number three, tell yourself what you really want and then let the universe provide that. Tell yourself what you really want. What do you really want? You know, when I think about it, I don't really want another big meal. <laughs> What I really wanted was to have company. And so, yes, Tim and I will make something. And because we're not having a bunch of people over, we're going to make less. Yay! 
And I'm going to make sure that I reach out to my sisters, and I'm going to make sure that I reach out to my friends, and I'm going to make sure that I let them know that I care about them, and we don't have to be eating a big meal to do so. What is this you really want? You know, what I've noticed is, is that when people can truly say what they want, when they really know what that is, the universe is more willing to show up and provide that. But here's the deal. This is, this is the big deal. Mental and material living looks for people, places, or things to satisfy us. Spiritual li living looks only to God. And that's big right now. There's so much going on, so many things I need to know, and I'm not reaching out and asking people for their opinions. I'm really trying to like, okay, God, I need your direction. I need your direction. I, I need you to, to, to give right now. Um, all of the people that answered my, uh, answered my Facebook post Everyone seemed to be quite content. I mean, I really, they were not only saying, I'm here with my family, the four of us are going to be eating, um, it's just my husband and I, I'm all alone and I love it. Everyone seemed to be content except for one person. You could tell one person wasn't content. And she said, I'm going to be here alone. And, but but you know, it was the same words, but there was kind of, you could, the feeling was, and it's not okay. Guess what? The universe responded. A member of our congregation that moved to Montana, Missoula, Montana, saw that post and said, let's FaceTime on Thanksgiving. And they went back and forth about how wonderful that would be. Two people alone will be caring for each other. The universe answered the calling of this young woman's heart. That, that is so possible. See, I bet, because I know this young person, I bet she was thinking, well, I'd really like to be with my family or my sister or my brother, and that wasn't going to happen. But guess what? God had another idea. And two people will be supporting each other through that holiday. Yay! That's, a, that's just, that's a praise God. <laughs> Um, number four, await with glad anticipation God's blessing in your life. Um, for most of the summer, I've done two classes on, called Creative Living, and they're really about having um, coaching. It's small group coaching, because I only take a small group of people. And and wherever they are, I I... I I give them a tool or a, a suggestion about their next right step. And I really let them access their own inner genius. In fact, if you want to know the theme song, the one that, that I access, ex, ex, hmm, suggest that they all download, it's, it's called It's in Every One of Us. It's in Every One of Us. Do be wise. But the song's called It's in Every One of Us. And so I'm really... Asking them to access that inner genius, that inner knowing. And one of the ways to do that is to just notice your body, because your body does talk. Your body is intelligent. 
It's not just this brain. It's, it's all our mass is intelligent. So one of the things I had them do, and so I'm, you could do this also, is notice when your body's uncomfortable. Like, do you have a kink? Do you have a, a you know, well, what do you have? You know, what's going on? And I was leading them, them through that process, and they were like, whoa, it talked to me. Because I said, put your attention on that kink, that discomfort, that, that quirk, whatever it is, and ask it what it wants to tell you. And so I'm saying this to them, and at the same time, I'm noticing that for months, I'd had a, a pain right here, from here to here. And uh, it just wouldn't, like... Like it would kind of go away, but then it come back. And, and when it was when it was aggravated, it was really aggravated. So I asked that that muscle or whatever that tendon or whatever it was. I said, "What do you want to tell me?" And it said, "Stop getting ahead of yourself. You're always getting ahead of yourself." Like really? And then I I realized that I do kind of walk like this, <laughs> and and I do sometimes pray and then try to make it happen. And uh, there was an area in my life where, once again, I was getting ahead of myself. I knew what I wanted, and then I was going to go fix it. And since that time, I've made a covenant with God that, no, I will follow. I will let you lead. I will say what I'd love to have in my life, the experience that I want in my soul, and then I will wait with glad anticipation the deliverance of that condition, whether it's outside or inside. And there was something that I wanted for, I'd say, 15 years. And because I'm letting God lead, it is unfolding so beautifully this time. And I'm just watching. There's a phrase in the Bible that says, watch. There's a parable that Jesus uses about the, the brides and the groomsmen watching for the groom, which means watching for the deliverance. Are we awake and we're watching? When I just watch, it's happening. I don't know how 2021 will show up. Neither do you. But I have a feeling that I will show up stronger and more on purpose with more faith and confidence than I've ever had. And for that, I'm grateful. Let's pray. And prayer is not beseeching. Prayer is not begging. Prayer, using the words that Jesus used, means to just open up and capturing the good that's happening. So let's just take this time to open up. And one of the things that helps us open up to the good that is happening is recognition of the good that is happening. 
It's called gratitude. It's called thanksgiving. So open. Breathe. Place your hand over your heart. And there's a song that goes, I am opening, I'm opening, I'm opening. I don't know how else it goes. That's all I know is that I am opening. What a prayer to say. I'm opening to God. I'm opening to possibilities. I'm opening to courage. I'm opening to wisdom and intelligence. I'm opening to compassion. I'm opening to a vision of a world that works for everyone. I am opening to the possibility that I may be the place where God shows up. I'm opening, opening, opening. Opening. And so it is.